Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Oh, this show could get posted in time uh, for many citizens of Gumption County to make the 4 p.m. performance of the Garage Logic Wives Choir. Uh, that 4 p.m. performance this afternoon will be in We Don't Know That Park, right off Needlenose Avenue. Uh, on the shores of Hello, Hello Lake. And then again at 8 p.m. tonight at the gazebo and uh, at the foot of Curmudgeon Street near the mayor's office. And a great rendition of Baby It's Cold Outside tonight with the Garage Logic Wives Choir. Well, I can't hear a damn thing. <laughs> what do you think those are? Aren't those bells? <laughs> You better find that elf. <laughs> what did you ask? He wanted bells. Isn't that what you Didn't wanted? Didn't sound like bells to me. What? A great rendition tonight of Baby It's Cold Outside, the Garage Logic Wives Choir with the female uh, lyrics and the uh, Garage Logic Volunteer Fire Department and the grounds crew from Creature Path Golf Club will do the male role. Uh, NAC is closing uh, today at 3, but the store tree will be staying lit through the night to help guide Santa on his way to all the children of Garage Logic. And according to NORAD, uh, Santa is not being affected by the government shutdown. Nope. Nor is he being affected by the weather. The weather uh, is clearing here, so the kids are in uh, kids are in great shape. Next stop, Madagascar for Santa. I'm looking at it right here. Boom. Uh, emailer Tim alerts me, coming to Minnesota soon, otherwise known as Little Europe. You ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, with 17 million residents and 23 million bicycles, the Netherlands already has more bikes than people. Now it wants to get even more cyclists on the roads and they will pay people to cycle. Boy, if it comes to that, wow. if my tax dollars have to go to pay somebody to ride a bike, I think I'll have an issue with that. The Dutch government recently announced that it will invest $390 million in cycling infrastructure to get 200,000 more people commuting by bike in three years' time. Fifteen routes will be developed into cyclist freeways, highways that cater to those on bikes. 25,000 bike parking spaces will be created, and more than 60 bike storage facilities will be upgraded, according to the Ministry of Infrastructure and Water Management. My ambition is to ensure that people can easily get to work or school or visit family and friends, says Steinty Van Velchoven, State Secretary for the Department who is spearheading the project. That's why, you know why? Because Mysterians don't give a bleep about anybody over 30 years old. And they don't give a bleep about young parents with families. Nope. They just don't care. They're Mysterians and they don't like people. Mm-mm. 
Uh, it's not that people aren't already cycling in the Netherlands. In 2016, over a quarter of all trips made by Dutch residents were by bike, according to the Netherlands Institute for Transport Policy Analysis. But only 25% of those trips were work-related, and they want to get you on your bike to get you to work. And I have always said, if you ride your bike to work, pretty much what you do for a living is ride your bike. <laughs> According to Von Vievenvolven, more than 50% of people in the Netherlands live less than 15 kilometers from work, and more than half of commuter car trips are under 7.5 kilometers long, a distance that can easily be covered by bike, she says. Well, sure, if you're fit and you don't have any uh, terrible illnesses and, and uh, you're not trying to haul children. Uh, it's B as in B, S as in S. When I was leaving um, Summit on Friday... There was a couple of guys that were uh, arriving on bike, and mm -hmm. I thought, "You're going to a brewery. Mm -hmm. It's dark out, and you're gonna hey, let's stop over here for a couple of pints." Yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> Good story, Reavers. You're welcome. Well, I'm sorry, but in the middle of your story, I received a text. Oh, because uh, so many people either don't know or don't care uh, that I'm working right now. I would assume it's don't care. I don't think they care. I don't think, I don't they, think do they care. They haven't quite gotten themselves up to speed on the. Uh, I answered a number of questions because people, you know, speaking of Summit, we were interacting with with GLers. They said, you know, we missed the phone call element of Garage Logic. How people can't listen live, and I said, yeah, yeah it's an it's an adjustment for all of us. Yeah. But uh, I think it's working out. I like mm -hmm. it. I have a case of windmilling here, uh, mm. and this is. Uh, Howard sent me this. Uh, euphorians absolutely cannot link. And here's additional proof. Uh, Barack Obama is going to have a ribbon of freeway name for him. The irony, of course, is that his name will grace the method and glorify the very thing that he railed against, the use of fossil fuels and the resulting hundreds of thousands of millions and trillions of metric tons of CO2 being introduced into the atmosphere. These people are truly precious and cannot, for the life of them, connect the dots. This is the ultimate insult to B.O. and his legacy. B.O. meaning Barack Hussein Obama. Signs have gone up naming a section of a Los Angeles area freeway as the President Barack H. Obama Highway. The signs were posted last Thursday on State Route 134. They apply to a stretch running from State Route 2 to Glendale through the Eagle Rock section of L.A. to Interstate 210 in Pasadena. The former president attended Occidental College in Eagle Rock, from 1979 to 1981 and lived in Pasadena. He then transferred to Columbia University in New York, where he graduated in 1983. I'm reading from a Los Angeles CBS story. Uh, the desi <coughs> designation was authorized in 2017 when the legislature signed off on a resolution introduced by State Senator Anthony J. Portentino, a Democrat whose distri district includes the area. Los Angeles will soon also named Rodeo Road, which is located in a largely African-American area of the city after Obama. California, the state that launched the political careers of Ronald Reagan and Richard Nixon, is now one of the most Democratic states in the country. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti is considered a potential candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2020. Obama won California handily in both 08 and 2012. But isn't that a case of windmilling? President Obama rails against the use of the automobile, except for when he has to use one. 
He he leads the uh, list of those who cannot hector him. Leads the list. Leads the list of those who cannot hector us. Yes, sir. Doing a Christmas Eve podcast is a blatant attempt by you to avoid helping around the house <laughs> as they prepare for uh, no. for uh, the, the invasion of Sucheres. No, no, it's more accurately, get out of my hair, you're not wanted. <laughs> you help me. Not help me. You're not. You're not providing any help. You can leave. <laughs> well, uh, we're out here in Woodbury with the uh, with the grandkids, and because uh, they they have a very busy schedule, so this year we came to them because they have various places to go. But mm-hmm. you know what? They're opening various games, and you know, they got the clothing earlier. But they're opening various games that are uh, very kind. We, the world was better off when we played marbles. You know that. I mean, so. and, you know, marbles. They got they got stuff now that you gotta be a brain surgeon to figure out what the hell they're talking about. Well, plus, know? wasn't the world better off when they didn't open this stuff till Christmas morning? Yes. Yeah, I was always a Christmas morning guy when I was a kid. Me and, too. And, you know that that antsy evening uh, when you were waiting was uh, was great. Now it's well, there's so many to open now. You got to do it in shifts, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like you're getting two. Two prizes, you know. I hope you're going to get fed out of this deal, aren't you? Aren't you going to pick up a meal out of this deal? Oh, yesterday. We had our family thing yesterday at my house with an appearance by Hondo the Magician. Really? Yeah, we brought in Hondo. And uh, uh, Luke, my grandson, is very into magic. And uh, so it was uh, quite a, uh, it it was a good appearance. Although, uh, congratulations to Hondo for his, uh, resiliency because there were some younger children there mm-hmm. who uh like to scream and holler and uh, complain you know like 18 you shouldn't have 18 month olds at a magic display that's uh you know it, it kind of detracts from it when they're screaming bloody murder and murder and crap in their pants you know it kind of, <laughs> it kind of detracts from the whole magic deal but uh hondo did a fine job nor should you be taking that age on an airplane, which I have to do later in the week. Oh, okay. Well, a little older uh, than eighteen months, but no shot, no shot of withstanding that flight. No shot. No, they, uh, you know, they they do have a tendency to, uh, you know, I. Here's here's the good thing when I, when I, when I raised two children, right? Mm-hmm. I was traveling, covering ball. I, I pretty pretty much ignored their growing up. I had, you know, I I didn't know about these complications that existed. Right, you know, like you were screaming, immune. raising hell for no reason. You know, well, what are you mad at? Two minutes ago, you were fine. What happened? That's what, just what, the way it works. You know, yeah, right. And I, I never knew that until I saw this this new generation here and say, you know, you'd say, wait a minute now. Three minutes ago, we were having a nice conversation, and now you're screaming like a lunatic, and you're mad at everybody. Right. I know you're only two, but what the hell's going that's on? That's right. Come on. I don't yeah, blame anyone. you. And that's anyway. why all of it can be explained, Patrick, in a book that you gave me called Toddlers Are Bleepholes. <laughs> <laughs> Reavers is in yeah. big trouble, Pat, because he, fr- he he lost the elf at home. He's, yeah. he's supposed to hide the elf on the shelf, oh, and he can't remember the last time he put it. Can't find it. 
Yeah, because we never had that. We never had that. No. We never had that when we were raising our own children, the elf on the ship. Santa was just good enough, wasn't he? Yes. But see, the elf is actually of benefit to the parents because you can always say, hey, look, ours is Charlie. And I can say, hey, Mm -hmm. look, Charlie's watching. He's going to report to Santa. And it instantly gets them to correct their behavior. I got news for you. As I was alluding to earlier, these kids aren't buying it. They're too cynical. You know how how smart they are now, too? Hmm. You know, they get a little older, right? Yeah. They get to be seven, eight, eight, nine. They know damn well there's no big fat guy landing on the roof, right? <laughs> well, but they ain't going to tell you. They're never going to admit it because they figure that that they're going to be fourteen, still, still waiting for that present from Santa. Pat, it's worse than you think. It's worse than yeah. you think. I got a six and a half year old who says I ain't letting no robber come down my chimney. <laughs> I ain't letting no thief in the house, much you know less what? feed them. I do love uh, Reavers. You got you got to try again here with the missus. You got to get yourself a daughter, though. Oh my God, no! I, I love young girls. They're so much sharper than young boys. They're so much more confident. Mm-hmm. So my friend Sharkman, right? Mm-hmm. He's got he's got Nora, and I picked up Nora at the in him at the airport a couple of years ago. And she did not catch a breath from the twi- from the airport to downtown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a monologue of unbelievable proportions, but sensible conversation in yeah. her involvement in life. Well, Nora's now living up in Toronto, and uh, she's 11 now, and her request for a uh, Christmas present this year, an electric toothbrush. Oh, that's, you know what, that's, that's untoward. I know, but here's the other deal. She's also taking, uh, uh, she's going to improv uh, classes at Second City up yep. there yep. to uh, improve her peg- public speaking so she can dominate the classroom. Wow. <laughs> she's P.J. Fleck, for yeah. God. <laughs> I love the way that you, sh- I love the way you suggest that Reaver should try to get together with the wife as though that horse yeah. has left the barn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, as far as children are concerned, I may be. I, I, have, I have no idea, no idea what else goes on. Based on my maybe actions one last... Of those, one of those, well, maybe one of, he's one of those rare marriages where the, uh, you know, as they say, the greatest birth control method ever is wedding cake. Right. right? Anyway, maybe that's not... <laughs> Maybe that's not the case. You know what you got to do for us, just for old time's sake? You're not going to make me sing, are you? No, we got to hear Thirsty Santa. It's one of my favorites. Okay, well. It's the storage of the suit. There's so many aspects of it that I enjoy, and there there could be new podcast listeners. We're in Prior Lake now. You live in Prior Prior Lake. Lake Because my my dad is now a widower, so uh, we don't have that family outlook. So. And he, he gets to Prior Lake, which is then a town of like 800 people. Right. It's not a booming burg. And he starts meeting these guys at the bar, and they all become his buddies. And uh, and he loved his martinis, as we've uh, as we've said. And, right. And anyway, these guys, he becomes real close with some of these guys that have young kids who need Santa. So they enlist the old man to be Santa. Right. And, you know, he gets himself a suit, and, uh, you know, he's thirsty Santa. When he, he used to come in the, you know, he'd come in the house, and he had the bag of clothes. He'd say, Santa is thirsty tonight. Or something like that. <laughs> but you're right. 
we had a kind of an unfinished basement right. house and and the the traditional under the stairway stairwell right storage area right. That, with a little door on it to pretend it like it was a closet but right. basically it was just a dump place to dump crap in yeah you know and then go looking for it and this and the santa suit would always end up rolled in there in a little ball yeah. you know smell like mold and stuff <laughs> but but he'd break it out every year on christmas eve and then and then start go visit the uh visit the he made i have maybe four or five different houses he had to stop at sure. santa, but you know he was a little late in his rounds because I remember the one house, the Radetskys, if he got there and sat down at the table and started drinking and say, come on, Santa, we got to get moving. We got to gotta cover the world. Right. You, you can't spend you all go to time, Armenia. You can't spend all this time drinking martinis here with, with your pal, Butch. But... Uh, but though, of course, the famous one I told you. Is well, this the, is the one we're after: the snowmobile yeah, delivery. The, yeah, the uh, the relatives. He's going to deliver the snowmobile. Come in. They're living out on a lake in a fairly new place out on a lake, uh, and a beautiful, huge picture window looking out over the lake with kind of the floodlights looking over the lake. Sure. And uh, Santa's charged with delivering the snowmobile. Right. On the, he's going to come like from the. Not the middle of the lake, but maybe a couple hundred yards out out of view of the floodlights, right? Right. And he's been he's out there with the snowmobile, and somebody starts it up for him because he'd never driven them. And he <laughs> and there's a kind of a big it's a snowy Christmas that year, and there's kind of a bank in front of those windows you could still see out there, but there was a little bank of snow out there where the ice had comes, heaved up. Yeah, here yeah. comes Santa and. He's coming and he's coming and and you know pretty soon you wonder and maybe is Santa going to stop or not before we get to the picture window and finally he bails because he thinks he's going through the picture window and uh, he you know Santa jumps off and the thing they had the automatic shut off but yeah. the thing. And it probably ended up about twelve feet from going through the picture window oh. before, the before the time it, before the time it sputtered to a close. Oh, and, and and poor Santa was out there, uh, you know, pretty well hammered in the in the snowbank. Uh, very pleased that he didn't uh, put the snowmobile through the picture. Window. Oh hell! At that point, he was a hero. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, oh. yeah, that was. I don't know how many years. Thirsty Santa lasted after a while. I think, I think some people lost their trust in him after that. <laughs> was, this, was that the same year that that Rudolph didn't he have the? Oh no, that was years. That was years before. That. Okay, I, okay. I didn't find that out till his funeral. Though. Yeah. Uh, the guy, you know, we were sitting around telling stories about the wake, and one of the Malone boys. The Malones were my father's old. Kenny Malone was one of his best drinking buddies and a fellow Undertaker, and. Uh, uh, one of the Malone boys is the one who told me the story about when he was a little kid. Richard was driving back from having shot a deer up, and uh, he used to always go up the Ely area, and I don't know why, but that's where he'd go deer hunting, and he got one that year, and, you know, and it was a buck. And so he, he had to brainstorm driving back of getting himself a halter with some bells on it and paint to put on the, the, the deer's nose. <laughs> then he 
then he pulled up to the house and didn't tell you know didn't tell the parents what he was doing. He says, "But have the kids come out here. I got to show them something." And they had these four little kids and told them there wasn't going to be hollow his Christmas that year because he shot Rudolph. <laughs> and they, the kids were from age maybe I guess the twelve year olds were laughing, but the four year olds were weeping. And, oh my god! Sorry, kids. Then, I shot Rudolph. I think Rudolph. it was Ivory. I think the wife was Irene. Very upset with Richard. Sure, I can imagine. Sure. I can Traumatized imagine. her children uh, before the blessed uh, day. So, anyway. and you know, it's and it's stories like this, Pat, that we then come to realize why you are the way you are. <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you yeah. something, Pat. Are your yeah. Vikes going to the playoffs? Oh yeah, yeah. They'll beat the Bears. Are going to come up here and give it a half an effort, and they're going to beat the Bears. But then they'll have to turn after Seattle won last night. They're going to have to go to the play the Bears uh, in all likelihood they're going to have to go play the Bears uh, not a shot at cold something happened downstairs here that uh, causing some uh, uh, but anyway seems to be some field, shrieking uh, shoulder field, soldier field 12 degrees wind blowing Oof. good luck good mm-hmm. luck Kirk Cousins go get them but anyway yeah I think they'll make the playoffs I think they'll beat the Bears you know who won't make the playoffs at this rate the wild won't even be close mm-hmm. well this is their annual this is their annual swoon, though. This is their annual, uh, you know, isn't it December usually when mm-hmm. they hit the tank? And it'll end just about the middle of January and they come out of it. But hey, I saw it today. They're like 12th or 13th or something. They've actually lost more than they've won mm-hmm. since now. So I think they're 17 and 18 if you count the euphoria and tie. Are you getting yes, somebody man. trying to use the phone in that house? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, Luke just came up and was going to. Do some damn thing. I don't know what. I, oh. I gave him. The, I gave him the snap of the finger to get. You know, like the old school teacher. Yeah, yeah. And he, he don't know what that means. But uh, anyway, don't don't do that. So yes. So you. Uh, what what's the attendance this evening? What are we looking for, bodies wise? Where? At the uh, at the, at your home. Oh, a relatively small group. I think body wise, we're at uh, four. And two is six, and one oh, is seven, okay. and about twelve. Oh, okay. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. And uh, and I'm. It's, there's a real people. People don't think he's doing this Christmas Eve podcast because of dedication. <laughs> there's an ulterior motive. I wasn't needed, Pat. I wasn't okay. needed. Well. I don't know if I was needed or not. I didn't ask. When are we heading to Detroit, sir? What day do you want to leave? Oh, yeah. We better leave here pretty damn soon, right? Yes. Well, you better leave on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah, we Full yeah, tank we of leave, gas, but... half pack of yeah. cigarettes. Let's go. Daddy's got to get to the Motor City. Until like 5, right? What's that? Don't kick off till like 5, right? Is that what it is, 5 Isn't o'clock? It, uh, late in the afternoon. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I hope I remember their plan. You know, those of us that are Quick Lane Bowl alum, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we remember it was, I think it was a four o'clock kickoff the last time, two, year, two years ago or three years ago? Three years yeah. ago. Say the uh, Timberwolves, their greatest victory in two years. I forgot they were playing until there was about 12 seconds left last night. So. They beat Oklahoma City. Yes, they did. But uh, I don't I, take the league seriously. Another team that's not going to the playoffs. No, I don't think you're, so. You're a wolfie. I don't though. think so. I don't. Think you guys so. all have a fine uh, Christmas, uh, okay? And uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you when we see you. All right, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. When when we come back, I think Johnny and I'll wrap it up, huh? 
ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Souchere. Call we had the gal on uh, from WTOP talking about Tangier Island, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and not was Michelle a bash, and not Michelle necessarily, but it sounds like the impetus for the uh, it's a five part podcast series called Going Under. It's very interesting because I learned a lot about Tangier Island, but the uh, the overarching concern seems to be that uh, that Tangier Island will disappear due to climate change, and I got a great uh, uh, email from from Chad who writes. Michelle was pretty clear. Geologists have confirmed that the island is sinking due to the lifting of the land mass that surrounds Tangier Island as a result of the loss of weight of the ice pack from the ice age that was in existence 10,000 years ago. Irregardless of climate change, a.k.a. global warming, the island is sinking by itself, and its elevation more closely matches that of the surrounding sea. It will both erode and sink from sight. Climate change has nothing to do with Mother's constant mood changes and interior decorating. Euphorians and global warming enthusiasts cannot be allowed to use this as an example of a climate change fatality. Thank you. And again, to defend her, I, I'm not sure where she stood on the issue, but uh, clearly the podcast was motivated by the idea that perhaps here we have an example of the loss of land mass due to climate change, and that isn't the case. Das hier ist mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächter. Das Gerät und das. Mayday, Mayday. Hello, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you? Over. We are sinking. We are sinking. Hello, this is the German Coast Guard. We are sinking. We're sinking. What are you thinking about? <laughs> Here's John. Why it always so, makes me laugh. Every time. I don't know why. Every time. It does. Thanks, the German Joe. accent can be funny. Yeah, I think so. But they're thinking about. What are you thinking about? St. Paul police are taking recruitment efforts to the big screen. The police department has a new trailer-length video that will run at select movie theaters. As part of its effort to recruit more women to the force, the 55-second recruitment video features St. Paul officer Anna Taylor and will air at Mann Theaters across Minnesota. Hmm. number of female officers in the city has dipped in recent years, which some are attributing to dismal recruitment practices, while others point to police shooting controversies. Lack of interest in entering the field is a statewide issue, with the number of people taking this year's peace officer licensing exam on pace to be the lowest total in about a decade. Only 90 of St. Paul Police Department's 630 officers are women, according to department data. Police Chief Todd Axtell said, We've struggled. Since 2016, we've become more racially diverse significantly, but we've not kept up with that trend with our female officers. Axtell said they need more women applicants in order to make progress hiring more female officers. I don't think it's the recruitment. I'm, I'm not ripping St. Paul for going to this route, but it's. I just think people don't want to deal with the concept. You know, Getting harder and harder. Yeah. Yeah. Government will remain partially closed past Christmas as Washington remains divided over budget negotiations and are nowhere near a resolution to the shutdown that began early Saturday morning. All sides say they now anticipate this impasse will continue at least into the first week of January. President Trump, who's spending the holidays in the White House after canceling his trip to Mar-a-Lago Resort, uh, said Monday morning that a complete wall on the southern border will be built with, in his words, shutdown money, plus funds already on hand. 
He added on Twitter, I am alone, parentheses, poor me, in the White House, waiting for the Democrats to come back and make a deal on desperately needed border security. In another tweet, he blasted the Federal Reserve, saying the institution did not understand the partial government shutdown. He said they don't have a feel for the market, they don't understand necessary trade wars or strong dollars, or even Democratic shutdowns over borders. Uh, That on Twitter Monday morning from the president. From Channel 9. He's officially been crowned the karaoke champion of the world, and he's from Minneapolis. Really? Miko Blaise Bordeaux took home the title Friday night in Finland after four days of competition. Finland? Finland. Hey, honey, I uh, I got to head to Finland I'm for be Christmas. I'm going to Finland for a week. <laughs> oh, yeah? Why? <laughs> I'm in the karaoke title. The match. Did he win a significant amount, John? Uh, there, there's nothing about a money total in the story, so I'm not sure. Huh. Bordeaux describes it as the Olympics of karaoke because each country brings their best talent. He also says it's the best concert nobody knows anything about. Bordeaux has been in the competition twice now, but this year has been a big year for the Minnesotan for more than one reason. Uh, He uh, says he discovered his voice when he was five years old. He found his direction, though, three years ago. What was his tune? Uh, That's also not mentioned in the story. Hmm. I Tried to find Reporting that. isn't what he used to be, is it, John? Yeah, it does. It talks about how uplifting the song he did was, but the story doesn't mention what the song is. Uh, he said he's Don't st- Stop Believing by Maybe Journey. he did an ABBA song. Aren't yeah, they from go. Finland? Uh, they're from Sweden. Or are they Swedes? They, are they Swedes? Swedes. Uh, I don't know. One of those countries. Close enough. <laughs> he said, uh, he's, I got to go. He started. You guys have a nice Saturday <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> okay. I guess we're done then. Later, Pat. Uh, He he told Fox 9, uh, I started out at a bar, Cliff and Norms in North Minneapolis. Sure. I won the bar final, then I won the state, then I went to the Nationals, which at that time was held in Seattle. He says he's also tried out for The Voice and American Idol twice, but was turned down all four times. Says, however, he's not giving up and he plans to try again. A man playing poker at an Atlantic City casino has won $1 million on a $5 bet. That's not bad. Hmm. Man identified only as a Lakewood resident made the three-card poker, six-card bonus bet Saturday afternoon at the Borgata Hotel Casino. He then hit a royal straight flush of diamonds, a hand that overcame 1 to 20 million odds. Wow. Man was dealt the 10, the queen, and the ace of diamonds. The dealer's hand was the nine jack and king of diamonds. Casino officials say it's the first time that bet has ever been hit at the Borgata. Owners of a well-known New England strip club that was shut down after a prostitution investigation have hosted a Christmas toy drive for their workers' children. <laughs> WLNE. That's t- really good of them. <laughs> I know. I wish I hadn't looked at you when I read that. <laughs> WLNE TV reports the owners. What of- do you get a stripper? <laughs> These are for the, the strippers' kids. What do you get for a stripper's kid? Mm. WLNE TV reports the owners of the Foxy Lady in, oh, Pro- yeah. in Providence, Rhode Island, bought $2,500 worth of toys. What are you seeing at the Providence, Rhode Island strip club? Bad linoleum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they held the toy drive at a nearby... Cigarette near- smoke. <laughs> a lot of cigarette yeah. smoke. Held a toy drive at a nearby bar over the weekend. Organizers say they wanted to make sure the families of the clubs, get this, 200 full-time employees. What? Uh Uh-huh. Along with another 200 independent dancers left jobless were taken care of. Foxy Lady host Kyla Matarisi says the toy drive made a difference for her and her kids. Providence Board of Licenses had revoked the business licenses for the club earlier this month. Closure came after three dancers uh, dancers were arrested for allegedly 
uh, being paid to perform sex acts mm. for cash. I'll be darned. Mm. 200 employees. John, you have That's something cheery. You have something cheery we can close it out well, on for uh, Christmas? That was cheery, wasn't it? Well, I guess it was uh, gift giving, yeah, wasn't it? I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. How about a uh, by the way, Santa currently in Iraq. Really? He's making Iraq? his way. He's in Baghdad really? right now. All right. He is set to hit Brooklyn Center at 12.01 a.m. Tonight. Mm-hmm. Right here. Boom. And don't forget, two performances today by the Garage Logic Wives Choir. Four o'clock, and we don't know that park. Did you want the bells again? Right off Needle Nose <laughs> Drive, uh, Needle Nose Avenue on Hello, Hello Lake. And then 8 p.m. tonight at the gazebo at the foot of Curmudgeon Street. And that's when the uh, Garage Logic Wives Choir will play Baby It's Cold Outside. The, the gals will uh, do the female voices and the uh, Garage Logic Volunteer Fire Department and the grounds crew from Creature Path will do the uh, the male voices. Uh, currently leaving Baghdad, Iraq. Mm-hmm. Santa's next stop, Belarus. Really? <laughs> Belarus. 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, here's a story. It's it's not festive, but it's it's Christmassy, and, and it's something you could perhaps put in your loose-leaf uh, binder folder thing, Joe. Yep. Investigators say a 61-year-old Wisconsin man <laughs> was arrested for tearing down a neighbor's Christmas decorations while drunk and naked. I've never done that. The Green Bay Gazette reports Gregory Brannigan faces misdemeanor charges of disorderly conduct and resisting an officer. A criminal complaint shows Brannigan's neighbor called police after a report that he was naked, kicking her door and tearing down her decorations. I will get you 10. This had something to do with the Jets beating the Packers. Oh, no, this this actually was late last week. So. Oh, I'm sorry. And plus the Packers won that game anyway. So. The Packers beat the Jets? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know I thought overtime. I thought the Jets won that. No. Oh. Packers no, won. Never mind. Time. I was wrong on you all sure, counts. You sure you made it? Yeah, Office. I did. I did. <laughs> officers say the Green Bay man was stumbling and told the officers he needed to take care of some supposed drug dealers in a neighbor's apartment. Point two one is what he blew, and he was naked. Uh, he uh, was charged. They didn't cover. And faces. <laughs> all right. Faces. Merry Christmas, GLers. And... Uh, Peace on earth to men of goodwill. We'll resume this podcast December 26th. That's right. The day after uh, Christmas. Mm-hmm. We hope our little buddy wakes up from his funk by then. <laughs> He's got to go nappy. I hope you find yourself the oh. uh, the elf on the shelf. I'm going to have to stop on the way home. I hope John Hyde has uh, excellent uh, guitar songs in mind. That's right. And I hope Kenny, uh, I don't know what I hope for him, that Kenny's out grilling his underwear. That he finds deodorant. Right. He's got to find some deodorant. (laughs) Merry Christmas.